Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Savvy Business. Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Sarah C. I just have to thank you for coming to Savvy Broadcasting today uh, to share your great wisdom. I'm so grateful to have you here today. We we discussed before our interview here, you wrote your book, Seven Years on the Frontline, the true stories and tough lessons about a small business that you won't learn in a classroom. And let me tell you, you can go to business school, you can get an MBA, but you don't learn these lessons in a classroom anywhere. You learn them in real life, getting out there, experiencing life, growing your wisdom. Um, what... I mean, what what do you feel now that you've been in business many years? And I, I read your stories. If you had to pick like one great wisdom that you've learned through your business life, what what would it be that you've translated into all of your life experiences? I would say um, in my book, I talk about gut feeling. You know, I, I'm a Christian. Um, you know, we call that the discernment. From the Holy Spirit. Yes. And the reason why I went through seven years of adversity was because I refused to adhere to my gut feeling. Mm. Um, even I had this really bad vibe, bad feelings about a business transaction or certain business people I met, uh, I refused to listen to those uh, voices. Yeah. So yeah. I wanted to prove the voices wrong. So I went ahead and, and you know, went into the situation that I should not uh, have been in. And I ended up um, making some very fatal mistake for my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I learned from them. Um, I would say, yeah, the biggest lesson I've learned is to really listen to that, your your own uh, gut feeling. Yeah, it's interesting how that's happened. My husband will often say that I would get a, a deep feeling in the core not to do something, and I did it. And it always turns out badly. What, what do you think that's about, Sarah? Why, why do we often want to prove that voice wrong? Why do we think, no, we know better than that internal voice? I think pride. You know, in my situation, is is pride. You know, um, we have this natural um, instinct, you know, about ourselves. You know, we, we all, we, because of pride, we don't want to listen to others who care about us, um, you know, even some warnings. So, you know, we, we try to prove others wrong. In my case, I try to prove my gut feeling or the Holy Spirit wrong yes. by going ahead, you know, in a situation that I shouldn't have been. It's, it's, you know, it's so true. I, I, in the past, have prayed for direction and guidance. And, and you'll get that direction. And you're like, nah, nah, God, you don't mean that. You can't possibly mean that. Because sometimes you don't like the with the... The discernment or the the calling, the push you get, you don't. Well, I don't like that direction. It's not a direction I, I I think I'd like. But God can see the whole picture. The whole. I always say it's kind of like a needlepoint. We can only see all the messiness. So to us, things will look like no, that's a bad choice. But to God, because he, he can see everything all at once, is in the now. It's it's not crazy to him. He can see what's our best course, our best path. 
and, and we'll say, no, 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 like you. We'll, we'll let our pride get in the way and be like, no, 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 no. I think this is a better path. And, and boy, do we pay for it. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. In my case. Yeah, in my case, too. And I think everyone, uh, uh, if we don't follow that deep discernment telling us, okay, uh, here's a better choice uh, and to go with it. And you know what? Another thing for myself, I don't know if this happened for you, but sometimes you'll go along with what's a better option financial wise. And I know that's happened both when I've been in a job situation and a business situation, you'll take on a client or, or a position or, or some situation that you think will be financially uh, prosperous, and it turns out not to be so. But you're looking primarily just with the dollar signs in the eyes, as I call it. Yeah, you just like little dollar signs, and it, it doesn't turn out for the best. Uh, what What do you think sometimes when you're when you're looking at a situation, you do want to make profit, you're a business, but how do you de- decipher like what's the best action to take as far as financial as opposed to uh, long term? Um, I would say, um, you know, based on experience, you know, we learn, you know. Uh, whether to to get into a business, a transaction, or a business opportunity to measure the chance of success. And also whether we're going to get, you know, profit, if we do get some profit, you know, how much is it? And we, you know, also have to compare the opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're getting this much profit, but what if there's another business opportunity that comes along that will give you better profit or more profit? Yeah. So you kind of have to use your uh, past experience and you can also do a spreadsheet, you know, if it's, you know, a more complex business transaction, you know, to get a projection, you know, of the profit profitability mm-hmm. and also the chance that you're going to su- uh, succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You had a, a wonderful story early on in your book where you talked about having a friend that you thought would a friend and that would work out well. And she seemed to be a Christian. You thought, okay, this is good. We know each other. I can trust her. And you kind of went along without a contract. And I've been there. I've done the same thing. And But for me, I, I actually decided um, on one case not to do a contract with a business um, situation. And the other one, I, we did a handshake for that one, but the other one, I knew her for years and we decided just to lay it out in a small piece of paper where we just signed it and said, oh, okay, we're going to do this. And I'm going to offer you this and, and you're going to pay me this. And both situations turned out horribly one with a handshake that turned out to be miserable and we got no money. And the other one, we got money, but we didn't get all of it. And it ruined a relationship. And, Mm -hmm. and the thing I learned from it, um, was that really I needed expert help. Like how much is it, have you learned that sometimes like, I'm not, I'm not legal. It's not, I'm not legal expertise. So I'm thinking I can put together my own little contract here. Um, from your experience, how important is it for businesses to maybe get the outside help sometimes and not rely on their own, like, Oh no, I got this. I don't need to go to a lawyer for a contract or something. Oh, I would say, um, you know, I'm very fortunate. I did go to law school and I'm still learning a lot um, every day. But I think because of the seven years of le- uh, le- legal litigations experience I had, uh, that really helped me to draft better contract. And like the contract that I'm still using nowadays is the same one that I used mm. uh, when I first started my business, TSE. Oh, wow. So at that time, we got, you know, like a couple of law firms that help us to prepare those legal documents. Um, because of my experience, my legal education, I already know what verbiage that I need in case I need to modify mm. any um, uh, languages in the agreement. 
But there are times that when it comes to the expertise, uh, like the legal um, need that, that is outside of my knowledge, then for example, trademark, um, then I'm going to need to uh, seek, you know, like attorney that specialize in that field in which, you know, I've been working with uh, at least three law firms that specialize in trademark um, litigations, uh, trademark law, which is totally outside my my expertise. So in that case, then I'm going to, you know, have to depend on the expertise from, you know, from outside help. Yeah. And that's the case with anything in your business, whether it be legal or otherwise. I mean, I've known a couple of friends who decided to go out and, and massive distribute their products and work with distributors, maybe overseas. And if they're not familiar with working with customs or overseas distribution, whatever country you're working with, it's going to be a different experience in different cultures you work with and how you work with them. And, you know, sometimes you just need like help on how you do that properly. For me, one thing I dealt with with a lot of overseas accounts was the letter of credit. And it's very, very particular that if you do not do follow them correctly, you'll lose a lot of money in chargebacks. So it's a lot of things to pay attention to and to realize that, hey, if I'm not an expert in this, maybe just get some help. So therefore, you're not like putting yourself in the hole later on. Of course. Yes, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> if you are trying to do something you do not have to experience, you're going to end up paying more to have, you know, somebody else to fix your error. Yeah. How did it work out for you, Sarah, when you were a child? Did you feel that the Holy Spirit and, and, and God kind of led you to be a business owner or did it just come along as you became an adult, went to college? I mean, how did that work out that you discovered your calling? Um, I remember, well, first of all, I grew up um, enjoying doing artistic work, drawing, painting. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I would always want to be a artist. Ah. So, but I also remember there's some, um, you know, my ch- childhood memories. I, I like to make money. You know, <laughs> I remember um, when I was maybe six or seven years old. So it was after the holiday uh, seasons, I took down some of the Christmas decorations from my parents' home and I tried to sell them. So I remember that it was a, one of the very uh, early childhood memory that I remember I enjoyed the process of selling and making money from it. Of course, you know, I didn't, you know, sell anything. Um, another childhood memory, I remember when I was in elementary school, I actually made up my own raffle ticket and, and sold them to my classmate. And I did make some money, you know, the teacher didn't discover. So I sold a raffle ticket, got money, and, and I came up with, with the price. <laughs> and my, some of my classmates bought into that. So, um, yeah, from there, I remember I, I, I always enjoy the artistic aspect, you know, uh, art, but I also enjoy uh, doing business. Yeah. So, I, and I think, you know, like when I graduated from college uh, with a degree in, in, uh, in graphic art, uh, I was always in the field in, in, in design, graphic design, mm-hmm. but opportunity just came, um, you know, how I started my my, my first partnership and then um, the first business with TSC Worldwide Press. It just happened um, naturally, but it's very interesting, you know, that God only knew, you know, what his plan was. And of course there were op- obstacles along the way, but he was taking me from where I was to where I am. But now I'm in the field that I'm doing art and business at the same time. So, you know, I have a, my dream job. 
It's perfect. It's perfect. You know, what's interesting about your story I'm hearing, Sarah, is that for me as well, I think people who become business owners or entrepreneurs, it, it's kind of something that you want this kind of self-sufficiency. I remember my parents say, we don't do salaries here. I mean, I don't give you allowance. I mean, you want an allowance, go get a job. It's like, you know, because there's some families that, oh, if you make your bed, we'll give you an allowance. My, my parents are like, this is your duty. We work here as a family. We all do our pitch in and do things to keep the household running. So vacuuming is not you get some money for it. You, everyone has to do their own their individual tasks. But, you know, if you're a kid like I was and I want to have some things and mom doesn't want to get it for you. I, I remember at five years old and I've said this on my show before, I, I decided to sell flowers because I saw there was a flower shop down the street. So I picked my neighbor's flowers without realizing that they were her flowers. And I just sold them to all the neighbors, including the neighbor that the flowers came from. I said, hey, I'm selling for five cents or 10 cents of, you know, a rose. And she's like, those are my roses. <laughs> I was like, what? But I, I was five. And my mom gave me a nice spanking for that to realize, no, you don't take other people's property. That's not how you sell. But, uh, you know, I think what your story um, shows is that it's kind of in you when you have that I desire to create and to also create your own self-sufficiency of growing your own thing without, you know, some people are like, I don't want to do that. I just want to go somewhere where I work for someone else. And, you know, everyone's different. Not everyone wants to go and sell or have a business. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But it's wonderful that you have your dream job now. And so many people are like, how do I get that dream job? And have you always known that you were an artist and that that's something you wanted to do? And it was a pull because some people say, well, that's just my side hustle. It's not something I could do with a business. Was it something that your parents just kind of um, supported you in? You knew you could make into a business or is it something that you grew into and realized could be a business? Um, I remember like my grandma, my mom's mother, um, so it passed away, you know, when we were growing up, she would visit us maybe once every other week. Mm -hmm. And she was quite an artist. And my um, grandpa was a artist. Mm -hmm. So I remember growing up, my, my grandma would always teach us how to draw and also do crafts. And somehow I was the only um, children among my four other uh, siblings that ended up studying art in the field of art. Mm -hmm. And I would say, you know, my, my parents um, nurtured me in a way that uh, they discovered I enjoyed doing painting and drawing and they started um, taking me to classes. Oh. Um, and then I remember I also got involved in a lot of art, uh, like competitions when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So I always won something, a little price. So yeah. I think, you know, through the inspiration by my grandma and also my parents um, giving me the opportunity to take art classes mm -hmm. during summer and you know after school and also taking me to art competition that kind of like they nurture me you know encourage me to to um to excel in, in in this in this area but they didn't really um uh focus on training me to be a businesswoman a business person um you know there's some of my family members my, on a mom's side, they were really good business people. I think I picked that skill from them. That's and awesome. my parents, they're not business people, you know, until later, you know, of their life. So I think, you know, it was like just my, my upbringing and at the environment that how I was nurtured to become um, who I am as an artist. And now I'm using my artistic skill to come up with creative business ideas either in marketing and also helping my client to do some very creative, innovative uh, book publication and packaging design. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm able to use my experience, my passion to help sell publishers, you know, to turn the dream come true, come true. That's awesome. Did, did you grow up here in the United States? Um, I grew up in Hong Kong and I came here when I uh, went to college wow. when I was 18. Yes. How different is the culture where you grew up as a child to the United States? Is it very different? Um, I grew up during the time when Hong Kong was under the British government. So I would say there's a lot of similarity. And I grew up um, listening to English, you know, speaking English. So the only difference was the accent. You know, I had very heavy British accent when I first came to America. Yeah. But I would say the culture, because Hong Kong is was uh, around that time, it was very European. So I, I, I grew up in, in a culture that's very similar to the culture he, here in California. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've seen recently with the upheaval over in Hong Kong that, you know, people are walking around with American flags and liberty. I, I truly feel liberty is something that is granted by the creator of the universe, God, and he puts it in everyone's heart. Everyone really wants to be free. And so it was beautiful to see the Hong Kong um, citizens walking around with American flags and, and singing for liberty because it's truly in the heart of every single person. And I hope that they stay free and are able to maintain their sovereignty. Um, but, you know, you shared in your book some of the experience you came through here as an American citizen and people treating you horribly. And it's like, dude, seriously, in 20, whatever it was, uh, you know, people being silly. And, uh, you know, what did you learn through those experiences? What was your greatest takeaway? Um. I would say, um, you know, before I feel being wronged by others, I have to examine myself whether I, I actually did the same thing to others. So that was kind of a wake up call, you know, to myself. Uh, but at the same time, I was uh, surprised when I was giving uh, remarks consistently over and over again, even in the 20th century, you know, based on the story I share in the book. Hmm. So there are people, they still have that stereotype, you know, about uh, people, you know, of minority. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I was um, uh, surprised, mm -hmm. but I over, overcame that, you know, during the time when, when I was mistreated and really stood up for myself, you know, for the people that I represent. So I think it's important for us uh, to be more sensitive to other people who look different from us. Mm -hmm. And I think through my experience, I become more uh, receptive and more um, empathetic to people who are different from me. Mm. That's my <laughs> biggest takeaway, take I would say. Yeah. And while I was reading your book and, you know, I saw you standing up for yourself, I was like, you go, girl. You know, especially when that judge was telling, you know, just give it up. You're not going to win. I'm like, no, no, fight. And and you did. And so, yeah, I love that because there would be times, and regardless of if it's prejudice involved or whatever, there'll be times where you'd be called to actually fight and, and go forward and it will be uncomfortable. Uh, but through that, that, um, uh, struggle, you'll, you'll become stronger if you stick with it. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I love this, but I don't want us to leave without people finding out how they can get their very own copy of seven years on the front line. How do they do that? Uh, they can visit my website. Uh, my website is uh, Sarah with an H and Y as Yvonne, T for Tom, S for Sam, E for Edward.com. And they will be able to find uh, there's a store page. And if they type the word faith, F-A-I-T-H, they're going to get free shipping. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> now, share, because you're not just that. You're an entrepreneur. You're also a publisher. 
um, and you help people uh, as an, as you know as a publisher and an artist. How can they get involved with your company if they want to do marketing or anything like that, or have the uh, help or services of your company? What does that look like, and how could they do that? Uh, yeah, they can visit my uh, publishing company, uh, which is also a print- printing. We're also a printing provider. Uh, the website is TSE Worldwide Press dot com. So if yeah, so if they do a search under my name, they'll be able to find um, my publishing company. Uh, That's how some of my former clients look for me by searching my name, and they find out. Oh, you know, that's the content information of my TSC Worldwide Press company. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Now, uh, as we leave and we end this interview, what has been how how much has faith and God really played a part in your life and um, and in your business? I would end with a uh, Bible verse I included in the inside back half of my book, which is in uh, John um, sixteen thirty three. In this world, you will have trouble, but they take heart. I have overcome the world. Just remember, I know the epidemic is very difficult to a lot of people, including uh, my family, my a lot of my clients, and some of my uh, staff. Uh, we're going to have trial, tribulation in this world. But if we embrace the faith in Jesus, um, we know that, you know, we have the promise. It's Jesus who overcome all the hardship for us. And the only thing that he wants us to do is put our faith in him. That's it. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah. I just have to thank you so much for sharing your great wisdom today on Savvy Broadcasting. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more Savvy episodes and Savvy Biz Tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.